Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Luna Love of the Podcast acknowledges the traditional owners of the land on which this podcast is recorded, the Araqual people of the Bundjalung Nation and pays respects to elders past, present, and emerging. I'm your host, Jordana Levine. Happy New Year. I know we had an episode last week for the Cancer Full Moon and I already said Happy New Year, but I'm going to say it again because in this episode, we are looking specifically at the astrology of 2023 and what you can expect. There's a few things going on. Uh, Is it major? You know, always. (laughs) Always major. Um, It's all about having the information, arming yourself with the information um, and then seeing how it plays out. Yeah, not really changing anything, just knowing what to expect. We're going to have a look at uh, some of the transpersonal planets. The outer planets are changing signs. Now that doesn't happen as often as say the sun changing sign every month, the moon changing sign every couple of days, Venus, Mars, Mercury, you know, every few months, um, they will change signs as well. But the larger planets like Jupiter and Saturn and Pluto and Neptune and Uranus, they can take years to change signs. And three of those big players are changing signs. So we're really going to feel that this year. It's going to be more of a collective feeling. We're going to feel it and see it societally. But those planets, because they're changing signs, are going to be making different aspects to particular points in your natal chart. So we will feel it on a personal level as well. Let's start with some good news. (laughs) First things first, on January 13, Mars stations direct. Now, it's been retrograding since the 31st of October in the sign of Gemini, Mars rules our determination and drive. And when that planet is retrograding, the results have been almost, you know, as if you've been slamming yourself against a brick wall to no avail. That is going to start to shift this week, next week, hopefully. Remember, there's always a shadow period with a retrograde, but motivation, momentum, and even a heightened sense of desire should start to creep back in. I am personally relieved AF as (laughs) I've had this Mars retrograde conjunct my sun, Venus and North Node for months now Um, and I feel like I've been feeling it more than most, although I think we've all been feeling it. Um, Mars is going to remain in the sign of Gemini until March 25th and then it's going to move into Cancer. 
Now, fun fact, or maybe not so fun fact, is Mars has been in Gemini since August, which means with the retrograde, it will have been in Gemini for seven months. Now, for a bit of context, Mars will usually stay in a sign for about seven to eight weeks. Yeah, so it's had a real Gemini flavor for a long, long time time now and I said to you when Mars first went into retrograde I wouldn't be surprised if it feels a little Mercury retrograde yeah and that's because Mercury rules the sign of Gemini and so even though it's our drive and determination that it's focusing on it is going to slow down some of the traits of Gemini which are around communication speaking of Mercury retrograde we did enter another one on the 30th of December Uh, And we are going to be in this retrograde until the 18th of January. So four days after Mars goes direct, Mercury will go direct too. This retrograde is happening in the sign of Capricorn. All of the Mercury retrogrades this year are happening in Earth signs. Yeah. If you want to see where this particular Mercury retrograde that we're in now will most affect you, you probably want to have a look at where Capricorn falls in your natal chart. Have a look at the house that it falls in. Um, that's likely where you're going to be feeling the the effects of this um, particular Mercury retrograde. If you have planets in Capricorn, it is likely that this Mercury retrograde at one point or another will form a conjunction to those planets. Yeah, so that's also going to impact you in different ways. The next Mercury retrograde we've got for this year will be on April 22nd until May 15, and that's happening in the sign of Taurus. It's likely because it's Taurus, we'll probably be reflecting on financials, yeah, reassessing money and budget. Wouldn't be surprised if some self-worth stuff comes up. Um, watch out for things like negative talk. It would be a really beautiful time to practice some daily affirmations during that Mercury retrograde in Taurus. In terms of how it's going to affect you, you want to have a look at where Taurus is falling in your natal chart. On August 24 until the 15th of September, we get a Mercury retrograde in the sign of Virgo. The theme of that will be likely around um, reassessing day-to-day routines We always think of Virgo as like the perfectionist and very analytical and, you know, super organized and all of that sort of stuff. And all of that is true, but Virgo is very much about routine, yeah, especially when it comes to health. Um, So maybe just having a look at what your daily routines are, reassessing, reflecting. um, And in terms of where it's going to hit you, you want to have a look at where Virgo is falling in your chart. The last Mercury retrograde of the year is happening in December, happens on the 14th of December, and it will run until the 2nd of January. So again, this is happening over the Christmas period. So you really want to check out your travel itineraries, check them twice. Um, This one is happening in the sign of Capricorn, but then it's going to slip into the sign of Sagittarius, and that will begin the theme of fire Mercury retrogrades in 2020 year is it next year? Four, 2024. (laughs) So from the 14th of December till the 23rd, it's going to be in Capricorn. You'll likely sort of be reviewing what came up in the Mercury retrograde we're having now. 
And then from December 24 to Jan 2nd, it's going to move into Sag. I don't know, maybe opening yourself up to exploration, expansion, maybe booking a holiday, but checking that itinerary a million times. Maybe don't book it until it stations direct in Sagittarius to see how that's going to affect you. Again, look at Capricorn and then look at where Sag falls in your birth chart. Now, we've got another big retrograde happening in 2023. It only happens every 18 months and it is Venus. It is retrograding through the sign of Leo from the 24th of July until the 4th of September. Now, Venus rules all things love and money, yeah? (laughs) So you can only imagine what goes down during a Venus retrograde. You can expect to feel it in your love life, your personal finances, your value systems, and your um, self-worth, yeah? Self-esteem stuff might come up at this time as well. It lasts for about six weeks, so it is quite a long retrograde. I have much, much experience working with Venus retrogrades. Uh, We had one in 2020. Uh, I played it well. I played it very well and I was rewarded. We had one at the end of 2021 going into 2022. I did not play it well and I got a big fat slap in the face. So let's talk about how it could affect you in relationships. I'll tell you a few personal stories if you like, some juicy, juicy information. Um, from my personal experience working with Venus retrograde. So if there are cracks in your relationship, they will surface during a Venus retrograde. If you're on path, if you guys are well matched, if your love life is absolutely blooming, it will likely propel you forward, yeah? My advice though during a Venus retrograde is just to play it very cool, yeah? It's not the best time to be making big, bold moves. Uh, Not a great time to be moving in with someone, getting engaged or having your wedding. Saying that, if your wedding is booked between July 24 and September 4th, please do not move it. Keep it exactly where it is. If you (laughs) are planning on proposing to someone at that time as well, you just go about your business. All I want you to do is just... Make sure that the process in which it is happening is coming from a place of integrity. There's no fear around it. You're not trying to propose or plan a wedding from a space of fear or insecurity. Yeah, it's a really good time to look at relationship boundaries, uh, where they're being crossed, where they might need to be implemented. Caveat. Caveat, caveat, refrain at all costs from reaching out to old flames unless, I don't even want to say this bit, but I will, unless it's for closure, then you can, but it's purely for closure purposes, yeah? But you don't even need to be reaching out. You just find that closure within yourself, yeah? Now, with knowing that, also be wary of exes reaching out to you. they will it's Venus retrograde let me tell you about my 2020 Venus retrograde I remember it like it was yesterday it went into retrograde on the 14th of May 2020 I remember the date so well on that very day I heard from three of my exes 
they all texted me separately. Um, and I put up boundaries with all of them. I could have very easily got sucked into a few stories with a couple of them, but I knew what was going on. I could sense it. I knew it was Venus retrograde. And the fact that it happened the day Venus went into retrograde was just so bloody hilarious. I played that really well on the very same day. Here's some juicy, here's a juicy story for you. I went to a new hairdresser. Right, hadn't been here before. We'd just come out of lockdown, the first lockdown of 2020, and my hair was in desperate need of some uh, foils. And um, I, I didn't have at this stage. I'd only moved to Byron the year before. I didn't have a regular hairdresser I was going to, and I thought, you know what, I'm going to book myself into a nice salon. The salons had just opened. You remember, hair salons had been shut down for a really long time. Anyway, I go to this salon. I call, well, I call them and I say, hey, just book me in with any hairdresser that's good with foils. Like, I don't care. And they're like, how about blah, blah? I won't say her name. How about blah, blah? And I was like, oh, blah, blah sounds great. Book me in with blah, blah. So anyway, I turn up to this appointment and the hairdresser is delightful, absolutely delightful. And she is quite chatty, which is fine. That's fine. I don't mind a chat get while I'm getting my hair done. And she says to me out of the blue, you seem so familiar to me. And I thought, oh, maybe she uh, listens to the podcast or maybe she's read one of my books. I mean, that rarely happens, but let's just say that's what I was thinking. She's like, no, no, you definitely look familiar. You definitely look familiar to me. Do you teach yoga? And I did teach yoga at the time, right, in Byron. And I was like, oh, have you been to one of my classes? And she's like, no, my boyfriend attends one of your classes. And I was like, oh, cool, who? Anyway, says his name. Guy I've been seeing. (laughs) Guy I had been seeing for a few weeks, right? So (laughs) had a girlfriend, had a girlfriend who happened to be doing my hair. So Venus retrograde will bring stuff out that you need to address, that you need to see. Yeah. So I ended things that very day. And when I say ended, I mean, I ghosted him. He stopped coming to my yoga classes and it was over. But it's really interesting to see what a Venus retrograde can do to you. I played that one perfectly. I came out of that unscathed. I got rewarded in different ways. Now, the Venus retrograde last year or twenty end of 2021, early 2022, I was not in a great place personally. I'd had a very tumultuous 2021 year and I wasn't in a great place when I entered this relationship in the second half of 2021. It wasn't going great, um, but I was trying to make it work because of differing factors that are not important here. And when Venus retrograde hit in December, I knew it wasn't going well. I knew it wasn't and I decided to ignore all of the signs and just be essentially a doormat. It was quite embarrassing. I was a bit of a doormat because, like I said, there were factors that made me want to stay but they were ridiculous. Anyway, Venus retrograde brought everything up to the surface and that relationship ended 
on the very last week of that retrograde. Yeah, it was not going to let me through trying to keep that relationship intact. All right, so let that be, I don't want to say warning, let that be some valuable information for you when that Venus retrograde comes around in July, right? You always know intuitively where you stand in a relationship. It's not the time for pushing. It's not the time for forcing. It is the time for setting boundaries, yeah? In terms of money and your value systems, have a look at your budgets, have a look at the way you're spending money, have a look at some of your limiting beliefs around money when we go into a Venus retrograde. And look, if you have some misalignment with your values, situations that highlight that for you might come up as well. Yeah, so all just stuff to assess. All right, let's have a look at the eclipses. There's a funny thing happening. It's not really funny. I mean, it's not ha-ha funny, but there is an interesting thing happening with the eclipses this year. Now, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you'll know that the eclipses last year were taking place on the Taurus-Scorpio nodal axis. We are making a shift onto a new axis this year. Um, It's the Aries-Libra nodal axis, but it's a transitional year. Yeah, it means that we're going to have a season of eclipses with a mixed bag. Yeah, it's going to be in four different signs. And that is while we're shifting on the nodal axis. Now, if you now eclipses are dramatic wild cards. Yeah, they act as fated events that move you closer to your destiny. They can feel quite jarring. They're often unexpected, but they're always getting you closer to where you're meant to be. Now, when there is a shift in the lunar nodes, it is going to affect us all collectively, right? Because the whole world is experiencing the same shift. Collectively, the north node signifies what society's collective values are shifting towards. And the south node shows us what values are collectively decreasing within society. Now, if you look at those same nodal points on your own birth chart or your natal chart, interchangeable terms, by the way, the south node on your chart represents past stuck habitual behavior. Yeah, They say it comes from past lives. It's not necessarily anything you've done in this lifetime, but it's this sort of like underlying stuck behavior that you are moving away from in this lifetime what you're moving towards is your north node energy and your north node in your natal chart represents your karma your destiny it's a fate point in your chart yeah now if you have your south node in libra and your north node in aries you are beginning this year your nodal return. And that's when the nodes at the time of your birth are moving back to the exact same point as they were, yeah? So, but like I said, there's a little bit of a back and forth this year. And then as we move into 2024, it's going to be on the Aries-Libra nodal axis. It can be quite an auspicious time when you're going through your nodal return, It is karmic destiny type stuff, yeah? 
my nodal return happened in 2021. And like I said to you before, it was a really big year for me. A lot of changes, a lot of deep, deep soul lessons. Um, But it's not always so dramatic for people. Sometimes it can be like really incredible changes that happen to your life that put you on a new path. So just something to keep in mind. But in terms of the actual eclipses this year, they are going to happen over all four signs. So that's Eris, Libra, Taurus, Scorpio. The first one is in April 20. It's a solar eclipse in Aries. Now, this is going to be the second Aries new moon this year. We get two new moons in Aries this year, um, which is kind of cool. The first one happens on the very same day that the sun moves into Aries. So as Aries season starts, we've got an Aries new moon. But this solar eclipse will be the second Aries new moon, which is cool. Very cool. It's like we get two new beginnings this year two in the same month love that um then on may 6 we've got a lunar eclipse in scorpio october 15 we've got a solar eclipse in libra and then october 29 we've got a lunar eclipse in taurus all of the eclipses will affect everybody right they always do however if you have your personal planets, especially your sun, moon or rising or those uh, nodes that we spoke about before in any of those signs, you are likely going to feel it more than most. Yeah. So Aries, Scorpio, Libra and Taurus. Now, of course, I'm going to give you more information on those eclipses as they come up throughout the year, but just something to keep in mind. All right, let's move on to some of the bigger planets that are moving into new signs. The first one is Saturn. It's moving into Pisces. Now, Saturn has been in Aquarius since December 2020. If you have your Saturn in Aquarius in your natal chart, that means that you went through your Saturn return at this time. Yeah, and you're now coming out of it. So congratulations, throw yourself a Saturn return party. You made it through, well done. Saturn returns happen in our late 20s, uh, 50s and 80s. So we can get three, hopefully we get three. Um, But if you are in your late 50s, um, you will be about to go through and you had Saturn in Aquarius, you've either come out of your Saturn return or if you've got Saturn in Pisces, you're going into your Saturn return. Now, I'm going to do a whole episode on Saturn returns because I think they're quite interesting. But something to note is the return period is whenever that transiting Saturn is in the same sign as your Saturn. Yeah, so you're going to feel it for that period of time. But your exact Saturn return is when Saturn, transiting Saturn returns to the exact degree of your natal Saturn, right? So that can be anywhere between two days and 14 days. It's likely that period is quite um, a potent and important one. If your Saturn is in Pisces, like I said, you're about to enter your Saturn return. It will enter Pisces on the 8th of March and it's going to stay there until May 26, 2025. It's going to take a brief detour into Aries and then it's going to re-enter Pisces on September 1st and remain there until the 14th of Feb 2026. So basically, 
If your Saturn is in Pisces, you are going to be in your natal return from March 8 until Feb 14, 2026. It's a long time, right? So it's going to be a series of changes or lessons that are presented to you to set the foundation of who you up as you enter the next period of your life. Yeah. In terms of us collectively, so not just going through your Saturn return, everybody is going to be affected by Saturn moving into a new sign. Saturn is the planet of karma, maturity, responsibility, and self-discipline. Now, when it was in Aquarius, it's really, really, really fascinating to see how it played out collectively. If you think back to December 2020 until now, right, what's been happening over all of those years, and we look at Saturn in Aquarius, it's basically like the collective was forced to confront their ideals compared to existing social structures. So if we have a look at what happened during that time period, so many movements took place, right? We had the pandemic, obviously. We had the Me Too movement. We had Black Lives Matter, the US elections, um, Australian elections. There was a lot going on that collectively forced us to confront our ideals compared to existing social structures, So what can we expect now that Saturn is moving into Pisces? If we know Pisces at all, we know that in its light and its highest expression, it's poetic, it's artistic, it's imaginative, creative, intuitive. In its less evolved state, it is escapism, it's detachment, it's addiction. Yeah. Now Saturn is the disciplinarian. It don't like being in Pisces. <laughs> it's all about structure, not blurry lines. The last time, this is a fun fact. I spoke about it in my Align with 2023 workshop. But the last time Saturn was in Pisces was 1996. In that same year, Reality Bites came out. And that, that is exactly what you can expect. It's actually the perfect name for Saturn moving into Pisces reality bites. Globally, I want you to have a look at this idea of reality versus fantasy. Yeah, reality is Saturn, fantasy is Pisces. How it's going to play out, look, it's up to interpretation. The way that I've kind of interpreted it is I think we're going to see like a crackdown, however that comes, whether it's just societally, societally we've all had enough or like some actual laws being put in place around things that we tend to forget are not real. And I'm kind of talking about social media and things like filters. I think that maybe there might be some either restrictions or laws or perhaps people are just going to become more aware of the use of filters and that it's not really the way we should be perceiving the world or each other. Um, maybe even some sort of like regulation around gaming um, and avatars and existing in the metaverse, maybe. Um, I think conspiracy theories have definitely had their time in the sun. 
it would be a miss of me to say they're going to disappear. But I think a lot more people are going to be less inclined to want to get carried away with them because there's something fun about believing in a conspiracy theory. Less inclined to do that and more inclined to shed light where it matters. Uh, Things like toxic spirituality, toxic positivity, toxic wellness practices will be put under review as they should be. And when we sort of look at Saturn in Pisces on a personal level, so less so on a global level, it looks like setting clearer boundaries with yourself and with other people. Um, It'll likely have us questioning spiritual, religious wellness practices and not saying, oh my God, I don't want to do that stuff, not rejecting it, but basically saying, is this serving me? What is the point of this? Am I doing it for the benefit of it or is it a form of escapism? If you are an avoidant or quite passive when it comes to dealing with life in general (laughs) or overwhelm even, Saturn in Pisces is going to ask you to face your challenges head on. Yeah, there's going to be no disappearing. So that's Saturn in Pisces. The next big planet that's making a move is Pluto. Yeah, Pluto is entering Aquarius. So, you know, as, as Saturn comes out of Aquarius, Pluto is entering it. So all of those Aquarius qualities um, are still going to be highlighted, but just through a different planet's expression, right? When Pluto enters a new sign, everything about the way we view our lives and our society as a whole changes in unprecedented ways. Now, Pluto is going to enter Aquarius on March 23rd, and it's going to stay there until June 11. Then it's going to spend a brief period of time retrograding back through the sign of Scorpio. No, sorry, of Capricorn, where it's been for the last few years. Yeah. Then uh, it's going to move back into Pluto in 2024 and it's going to stay there on an uninterrupted journey for 20 years. Yeah. So this energy and everything I'm sort of talking about now, we're talking long term. Yeah. We're not talking about, oh, this is going to happen in 2023. But the reason I want to raise it in this podcast is we're going to feel the shift in 2023 that's going to start setting new patterns yeah and we're really going to feel it in the first half of 2023 now pluto is the planet of transformation power death and destruction aquarius is the sign of rebellion yeah aquarius is the revolutionary lives for reshaping humanity (laughs) so can you imagine what's going to happen when pluto moves into aquarius shit is going to get real hopefully for the better. Pluto's transit through Aquarius is going to be, no matter what way you interpret it or look at it, it's going to be a time of rebellion, of revolutions, of significant social progress. There will be challenges to existing authoritarian systems. I mean, that's been happening for a while now, especially while Saturn was in Aquarius. And I think there's going to be a reinvestment in community and collaboration. The pandemic kind of pulled us out of that. We're going to start moving into this new period where we're all coming together again. Now, Pluto intrinsically, much like the sign that rules it, Scorpio, is linked with deaths and rebirths. And if we look at it on a large scale, 
Pluto's role in the universe is to keep the engine of the universe going. And it does this by eliminating what can no longer sustain life. Yeah, if something is rotten, Pluto will eliminate it to leave space for healthy growth. It's kind of cool in that respect. So again, like collectively, I think when Pluto is moving when Pluto makes its permanent move into Aquarius, well, permanent for the next 20 years, um, I think it's going to spend time like really shaking up all preconceived notions and beliefs around society, technology, social media. Yeah, that's what Aquarius rules. Pluto is an outer planet. So its personal effect is lessened. It's more about the collective. That's not to say that Pluto isn't going to make significant changes within your own natal chart. It will, but it's not something you're going to notice as much as, say, one of the personal planets transiting your sun or something like that, right? Again, it's long-term effects. So, for example, if you're in your late 30s, early 40s, hello, it be me, but I know there's a bunch of you who share this generation with me, um, we are going to have... Pluto square Pluto. We've had it for a while, yeah? Pluto square Pluto in our natal charts. It's been happening for a few years, depending on how old you are. Um, And it will happen for several more years, yeah? And this is where we start to notice perhaps where things are not working in our lives, right? You get to your late 30s, especially women, you have a few oh my fucking God moments, yeah? As you move into your 40s, it's a time of reassessing. What am I doing? I've just turned 40. This is Pluto square Pluto, yeah? As, mu- as much as it is all the other things that are happening in your chart. But Pluto is a powerful planet. But like I said, it's happening more on a collective level. And of course, when things are changing societally, socially, it affects us personally over time. The last uh, planet that I want to address uh, is Jupiter. Is Jupiter? <laughs> Full stop. It's also moving signs, yeah? It's moving between Aries. Aries? It's moving between Aries and Taurus. It's currently in Aries and it's going to stay in Aries until May 17. Then it moves into Taurus, where it will stay until May 25, 2024. Jupiter is the planet of luck, of knowledge, of higher education, spirituality, at times, religion, philosophy, our concepts, our ideas, ideals. Jupiter is ruled by Sagittarius, so it's got very Saggy qualities. When it enters the sign of Taurus, it offers the chance to make real progress towards a dream or a long-term goal and put down the roots for longevity and success. Every time Jupiter changes signs, it also changes the style in which it brings opportunities for growth and abundance. For example, Jupiter in Aries rewards boldness, initiation, and risk-taking. So that's what we've been experiencing and will experience till May 17. While Jupiter in Taurus will promote dedication, self-value, and focus. That sounds a bit boring. (laughs) Basically, what it's saying is when Jupiter enters Taurus, it's more like slow and steady wins the race. Yeah, that is your winning combination. 
from May onwards. Slow and steady wins the race. Until then, be bold, yeah? Be bold, initiate, take a few risks while Jupiter's still in Aries. There is more I could say about all of this. I will say more, like I said, as these changes actually start to happen. The thing with all of these transits, everything I've mentioned that's happening in 2023, it's all just to keep you aware, yeah? I always think with astrology, you know, they say, don't do this, do do this, don't do this. That's fine. Like, it's good to have caveats, yeah? It's good to know what to expect. But don't change your life drastically because of something that's happening astrologically. Again, astrologers are interpreting what is happening. Everything is open to interpretation. Be gentle with yourself this year. That is my number one piece of advice. There's a lot of discipline practicality and lessons coming in thick and fast this year so stay soft rest know your limits set nourishing boundaries for yourself boundaries is a big theme this year sometimes you'll feel nothing I'll be like it's a huge eclipse this is happening and you're not going to feel anything right that's okay you're still human there is nothing wrong with you trust your intuition and your gut over anything I've said today (laughs) okay ignore it all ignore it all delete the podcast no don't delete the podcast but trusting your intuition and your gut over anything that's happening astrologically will always serve you best I have some exciting developments happening with this podcast in 2023 I'm keeping it close to my chest for the moment but I will make an announcement closer to the new astrological year which is happening at the end of March But just expect more ways to be able to work with astrology in 2023. If you want to know more about your own natal chart, book in a reading. I've done some fabulous readings for people already in 2023. I absolutely booked the calendar for January. There are a couple of spots left in January. February at the moment is wide open. Plenty of spots in Feb if you want to book yourself in. I always recommend starting with a natal chart reading. It'll give you a really good base. Um, And then there's a few other options for other types of reading, including a solar return reading, which is a really fun birthday present to give yourself on your birthday. But Always remember with a solar return, you have to have had your natal chart read with me beforehand or at least know your natal chart so, 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 so very well. Next week, expect an episode on Aquarius season and the Aquarius new moon. That is exciting. Aquarius season kicks off on January 21 and the new moon is the very next day on the 22nd of Jan. So there will be an episode next week walking you through all of that. I have had a slow start to January. Like I said, the Mars and Mercury retrogrades were all happening in my signs. Um, Mars in Gemini and then Mercury always affects me because my entire chart is ruled by Mercury. You're lucky you've been getting podcast episodes. (laughs) But where I'm going with this is I've been very slack on the Lunar Lover social media. Like I said, there's a little bit of stuff happening and changing around this podcast and that includes social so I'll probably be a little bit slow on there just for a little bit longer and then it will amp up 
Um, you can always find a new moon and full moon synopsis on that Instagram account. If you're not following Luna Lover Instagram, please go and do that. It's at Luna double underscore lover. I always love when you share these podcast episodes on your socials. So if you do tag Luna Lover and also tag me at Jordana Levine. All right, my loves, until next moon, I'm Jordana Levine and you've been listening to Luna Lover, the podcast. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. 